Top of the morning, lads and ladies. Support for the Awful Irish podcast is now brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's global waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels, and you're no longer lead the look of the Irish with the ladies. Manscaped just launched in Ireland. We've gone years without using the right tools for the job. You can now be one of the first men in Ireland to experience their life-changing products. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code IRISHPOD at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code IRISHPOD. And welcome back. Glad we're getting on. How are you doing? So today we're joined by Carrie Vernons. Carrie, how about you introduce yourself? Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Carrie Vernons. I'm an actress, um, stunt woman, professional athlete. I do a little writing, singing in the shower, cooking food for, you know, my friends, those type of things. What's up? And jack of all trades. Or jack of all <laughs> trades. You do everything. Fair play to you. Um, you know, you were in Luke Cage. You were in Black Panther. You're in Avengers and you got a couple other things going on, but you know, it, it amazes me um how well you've done so far. So fair play. Twenty twenty for most people it's been a small year, but for you it seems to be a have been a big one. And you know, so far so good. Yeah, I'm really grateful. Um I say it started out a little smaller. Uh of course we all went into twenty twenty having this vision that everything is gonna be just absolutely phenomenal, right? We got to twenty twenty yeah all this in the future um and just like everybody else things slowed down and then thankfully they they started speeding up and i started booking roles and um got to film a movie and a few tv shows and a couple other projects so i'm grateful oh that's fantastic to hear COVID has been a really tough hitting year especially for in the entertainment business because you guys were left without jobs for months on end it must have been terrible yeah, it yeah. was for sure. I thank God that I'm in my entertainment career at the time that I'm in because I was able to save some money up. I was also able to get on employment if I wish to, and I was fine at least for the first few months. And then I started back working, um, which not everybody had that opportunity. So I do find that extremely rare and just grateful for that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, actors have been hit pretty hard, but. You know, fair play to the ones who've kind of kept true it or they've adapted to it. Um, yeah. Is he kind of frozen? Oh, you're back. Um, yeah. Um, we've talked to a lot of actors and actresses who had to work remotely. And, you know, fair play, getting used to it. Um, we have one guy on, he's a voice actor. He said, at the start, companies are pretty, like, lenient on, like, the quality. But now, at this point, they're pretty strict on it. Um, I know you did the Miles Morales uh, Spider-Man game. Number one, fair play. Yeah, that, that's pretty intense. It's an awesome game. I did the playthrough. Loves it. I did the playthrough of it on like live on the channel. It was it's such an amazing game. The graphics, the story, everything. It's it's amazing. I agree. Thank you. Did you have to do that work from home, or did you get to do it in studio? I got to do that in studio. We actually did that at the very beginning of this year, last year, and maybe even the year before. We've been working on that for quite a minute. Must have been like a pretty big secret to hold. Yes. Yeah, it really was. I I don't think I found out what it was until the third session, and then I was like, oh my god, and I was so excited. But the thing is that I work on a lot of big projects, and at this point in time, it's just like you can't really tell until it's out. So you just like learn how to like work on them, be excited about it, and then go to your next project so you 
you know, you fill your mind with the next thing. So you're not constantly like, oh my God, I can't wait to tell people about this. And then yeah. it was a surprise to me when it came out. I was like, oh dang, it's the date already. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, Th Thomas, as we said before, huge fan. He played the whole game live on the channel. Uh, I'm sure he'd, he'd do it again just for fun. Uh, so, so what was it like getting that, that gig? Uh, what was the interview process like? Um, well, it's, a, it's more of an audition process than interview. Uh, that, that's what and, I meant, sorry. Oh, yeah. And I was going to say that it's in the voiceover world, you do literally hundreds of like voiceover auditions. And I probably... I probably booked that one after like my 50th voiceover audition, like, or maybe like my 50th, 60th one. And I think that was my second job I booked. But um, even now that I book jobs, sometimes it's after the hundredth audition. And sometimes you get on a roll, right? Like I booked that one, then I booked like a couple of things right after that. But ultimately it required a lot of, um, a lot of auditioning, a lot of, um, uh, forgetting that I auditioned for it because then you will get hit up like five months later that the job is yours or that they were considering you. Yeah, we, we, as Jared said, we talked to a lot of actors and whenever they receive news that they get the role, they've almost like forgotten that they even auditioned for it simply because they're constantly doing auditions and trying to get parts and it must be pretty exciting whenever you get the call. Yeah, it is definitely super exciting and just like, um a surprise and you just be so grateful because especially when it's big and you have your name in it and you get a piece of the pie and you know like how hard it is to like you put in a lot of work when you're preparing these characters right like even from like acting and voiceovers voiceovers at least you can see the script as you do it but with acting you know usually it's memorization really dying deep into the character and then, you know, you give it all you got, then you put it out there. And then sometimes you never hear anything back or you hear something back like two days later or a week later or two months later. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, in the context of your mental health, that must be pretty rough. You know, not, not hearing back, not ever knowing, not getting any feedback. Um, that's a great, you know, point. But I will say that I think it just depends on to each their own, right? I, I've learned that I... I put in work and you might not see the return of your work right away. It's kind of like a seed that you planted to the ground. You're not going to see the roots are growing underneath and you're not going to see the, the first little bud. And then when you do see the first little bud, which might be a callback or it might be like, Hey, we want to put you on hold or on a veil. It doesn't mean that the whole full tree is grown yet. Right. So it's like, you kind of have that, have to have faith and trust the process and let things go. And what is meant to happen will always happen. And, um, just like believing yourself that you did good no matter what. And that is now more on you putting out just good work and delivering a performance that's going to be moving versus just like, oh, I'm just going to do this audition, you know? So you have to have some type of self-gratification yourself so you don't put it all out for the world to make sure that you're satisfied with your whatever it is. Yeah. I, I love the way, the way you put it with, the, with this plant and the seed and then it starts to sprout, you get the bud, blah, blah, blah. Uh, that's a great way to put it. I've never heard something like that. But um, yeah, that's, that's a pretty healthy way to look at it. Um, I, I know we've had a couple of actors on who find the rejection pretty rough, but I suppose that's part of the trade. Yeah. yeah, yeah it definitely is. 
the rough part is like, yeah, but this audition is so perfect for me, and I did yeah. so good, and they said they love me, and what do you mean? You know? Yeah, yeah you end up with trust issues after that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And what was I said something before, before we started to do with, um, you know, you've been a Black Panther. No, number one, fair play. You've been in Luke Cage. Number two, fair play. Now, that's, that's pretty crazy. But normally when you go into Marvel, uh, you're kind of stuck with the role you did and that's it. Like we've had other people who've had like minor roles in Marvel films and they've said like, well, once you're in, you kind of never can come back because your character's been played. Um, how did you manage to do both? Yeah, you know, um, I, I believe that, you know, there is an exception to every role and it's just dependent on the person, right? Um, and Marvel Universe has so many different things. And because I played, yes, supporting characters, but they were still following the, the spectrum of a lot of other things. So, like, I was playing Jamaican Styler, and I was doing not only, like, stunts, but I was portraying a character and doing acting. So that was, like, super small and minute. Um, and if I did more scenes, then maybe that would have been something that was more talked about. But then... Even like when I did Black Panther, it was a total transformation, right? It was still like a smaller scale on the bigger scale of things, but it was still supporting and it was still monumental. So shaving my head bald and all that did give me, it opened up the door, I think, to the Marvel Universe more than just beyond, I think, just that character. But I think um, it, it was up to the producers and directors and they felt maybe that my role was smaller and Luke Cage that allowed me to transfer to do something bigger, which I hope to do more Marvel projects, um, you know, in the near future for even bigger roles, because I do want to be that Marvel superhero role that is now like a five, six run series or a five, six year deal, you know, um, which is its on its way. You, you think with your current character, you could, you could do that? Um, not, I, well, I'm not even going to say with my current character. I would say that I, I've enjoyed being a Dora Milaje, warrior in Black Panther, but I believe that there's even bigger out there for me that's beyond just the warrior. Um, and that's what I'm looking at. So, yeah, yeah there's, there's definitely something out there for me. <laughs> yeah, well, here hoping, in all fairness. And, you know, you, did, you didn't wake up one morning, um, you know, a stunt performer and an actress. You had to start somewhere. So what was it like for you becoming an actress and a stunt woman? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I've always been super athletic when I was younger. I used to jump out of trees and flip and do like swimming, playing football in the middle of the streets with boys and all this stuff. And I think that it was, um, but I've always been super performance driven too. Like I always wrote stuff and I would see TV shows and I would reenact it in front of my uh, mom. I would make my sister act with me. And I did like church plays and church from very little ages to getting older and just so many more things. And I think that honestly, doing all of that stuff eventually um, gave me enough passion and skill to want to do acting. I didn't know stunts existed until I moved to LA four and a half years ago. And then once I learned that existed, then I started training in stunts and stuff because I was like super big action girl. But I had already been taking like a minor in um, theater in college for um, like acting performance arts. I was taking some acting classes. I went to Atlanta for a little bit while I was doing another internship for some business thing and getting a taste of the work. And then once I really got into it, I still was working like full time 
straight out of college, but then I was taking acting classes on the side and I was like, all right, if I get enough bookings, I get enough leads and I'm just going to go this route. I was going to say, you are super determined. Like yeah, you were balancing I, a lot of stuff. Oh, I was, I, I always have been, but you know, honestly, it's made me the full well-rounded person that I am. It also is sometimes a very interesting thing because then some people are like, dang, you do so much. What is that one thing you're good at? And I'm like, well, I speak six languages. I can become good at anything that I set my mind to. But I do, I do this role though. If I'm on a project and my focus is to ride horses or my focus is to do fights or my focus is to do acting, then I devote when I'm performing that skill 100% of my time and energy on that. And then my overall day would be centered around about 75 to 80% of whatever that world is, I intertwine throughout the day. And then 25% I might focus on acting if it's all stunts this day, or I might focus on stunts on the 25% if it's all acting this day. So I don't lose that skill. I can check back in on it, but then I still make sure that I give it all I got for yeah. whatever that is. Cause I don't want people to think like, dang, this is a Jill of all trades kind of similar to you mentioned. I mm -hmm. want them to think like, wow, this girl is multifaceted, pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. And she can handle her own. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, that mindset, it's incredible to, to devote yourself, like, to, like as you said, like, to 100%. To, if I want to do a stunt thing today, I'm going to, you know, put most of my energy focus on that. That's such a good mindset to be in, especially in the entertainment business where you have to be good at everything because it's, it's so, you know, you can be the director, producer, and actor if needed one day. And stunts and blah, right. blah, 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 blah. You can do everything. And especially when you, you seem like you can do everything. Um, what was it? With, with the languages, that's a lot of languages. That's really um, impressive. Six well, is I, amazing. I have here now. Um, Spanish? Mandarin, yeah, Chinese, yeah. Russian. And Latvian. What are you doing out here learning Latvian? Like, you don't just fall into Latvian, you know? <laughs> yeah, I was in a relationship with a Latvian guy for like five years, so. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That is, wow. that, that, that's, that's wow. incredible. Like, and, yeah, it's like, just, wow. <laughs> you, know, you know what they say about like a bilingual brain? Like, I don't even know the word for like six languages. It's polylingual, maybe? I'm not sure. Poly would be yeah. five, what is? No, poly is many. Could be three or more. Like, you know what I said then. Yeah, it was, it was, <laughs> shut up, yeah. man. You're sitting here yeah. beside you're sitting here beside two geniuses. Would you ever stop? Yeah, actually since I was a small <laughs> man if you didn't notice. <laughs> no, that's impressive. You guys speak multiple languages as well? We speak two. That's well, good. Three. I, I, we, we, not fluently. I can speak a little bit of French. Not fluently. I I know my how are you and I'd like to purchase Bonjour. Two. Bonsoir. <laughs> you know, and then we're 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 pretty good in Irish. We can speak Irish. Yeah, we're Pretty good Irish speakers. Pretty good Irish speaking too, you know, with me. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I know, you want to learn a bit of Irish? Yes, teach me. Um, in, in Irish, we say, uh, God with you to say hello. So it's dear Gwich. Dear Gwich. Dear. Dear. Gwich. Gwich. There you go. That was, that was basically perfect. That was spot on. <sighs> dear Gwich. Dear Gwich. That's like, that's your. If you go to Ireland and you say the glitch to someone, they will immediately pick up like that's your greeting, hello, God yeah. be with you. It's just like uh, light, you know. I don't know what why it's like their only version of saying hello. Mm. It's like Irish is such like a Shakespearean language. It's so old. 
and like, yeah. they, don't, they don't really update this kind of stuff they don't really update languages so that's super cool though gotta be with you do which yeah that's a good one perfect yeah but uh yeah back to you <laughs> um yeah so it's it's, it's kind of cool what you're saying about you know you don't want to be a jill of all trades you want to be like a master of them all so you go 100 percent on one thing one day and then 200 percent on another like yeah and that's when i'm on set working right i mean when i'm like out and about like for example today i got up at like around 6 a.m right and i did my martial arts training for two and a half hours and then after that I like worked on like my nonprofit operation Christmas give back. And after that I did some writing and after that I hopped on another call. So everything is like super relative depending on the day. So on some days when I don't have to go into work, I divide them out to like hit other things. Good. Could you tell us about your nonprofit? Yeah, absolutely. My nonprofit is called CBC. Um, and it's like seed that you plant in the ground because we really were planting seeds in each of the kids' that lives that we're coming into. Um, we focus on three different things. One is financial and reading literacy. Number two is um, homelessness. We are developing- towards, sorry. Oh, on the underprivileged, underserved communities. So mostly black, Hispanic, and other. Um, and then I guess, so that's for the kids is that was, that's what that's focused to the literacy and reading literacy and financial literacy. And then the homelessness is focused on everyone in general. We wanna do a rehabilitation center for homeless people. Um, and then number three is focused on prison reform, but it's for like teenagers that get in prison, like adult prison when they're just teenagers. And when they get out, they don't know how to go about a way of life because they never been an adult and they were kind of born into adulthood and behind the bars. So a lot of them come out and they're usually homeless or they go back to doing the same thing they did before because they have no money and no way to survive of like how to start making a better life, you know? That's horrible. I think the way you guys handle prison is pretty god awful. I hope that's I no agree. offense like, but just, it is pretty damn No, horrible. it is, you're right. I agree, I agree with you. Yeah, so like what kind of reforms would you be looking for? I think the way um, you guys oh. have like, Reforms? Oh, weird. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking for reforms that prison needs to be more like a rehabilitation center. It needs to be more of people are coming in. Yes, they've made a decision that was wrong. I don't believe murder is right, right? But I do believe that in desperate times, desperate people do desperate things. And I'm not saying like, if my mom died because of somebody committing murder that I wouldn't be upset. Yes, I'll be upset. Um, but sometimes I believe that when you are so underserved and you are in a very impoverished situation, you'll do whatever you can to survive or to just get by for another day. I've seen so many women go into prisons because they were trying to get just enough money to make sure they have food on their table for their kids at night. So then they leave their kids at home that'd be like one, two, three years old, out prostituting or stealing, coming back and they get caught up, you know? Um, so I think that needs to be a rehab center. How do you teach people how to survive off the money that they make? How do you teach them to find resources for the like needs that they have so they don't go out and do some rash decisions and end up in prison for the rest of their lives or for 10 years or mm -hmm. whatever? So you, you kind of seem like everyone deserves a, a second chance and yeah. or well, how many they need. But the that, only people that don't deserve a second chance is the rapers. Like people that rape well, kids we and stuff, you know I believe what? they should. That is a so. great point. Oh, yeah. Why not? Yeah. But like, you're also focusing on like 
the context of the person's situation who commits the crime. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it's the person who commits the crime. I, I, I was con- context really matters. That's what context matters. does matter, yeah. Because context matters. I also think everybody needs to get out of prison that has been under, been in prison for like marijuana and stuff like that because like they sell weed everywhere here. Like it's absolutely- I'm really, I'm confused by that. How can they still be in jail when it's legal now? It's in America. It's dumb. Your entire country is upside down right now. It's it's, it's keep making rich richer. Fuck the small businesses. It's- it's, yeah. Mr. it's Mr. Bezos and Gates who are racking in. You know, if they went to pick up... Listen here, Thomas. Bezos is the only reason you have a Christmas present coming this year. I do not, Jared. You can, sh- you can fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> no, but I, I, get, I get your point. <laughs> I mean, you know, Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates, I'm sure they have some well intentions, right? Everybody starts with good intentions and then shit mm. get a little greedy and things happen. But Damage does occur. But uh, I, I like what they do for charity. Um, like mm-hmm. Bezos after giving ten billion for climate change. Holy yes. fuck. That guy can replant like, the Amazon. Right? Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. But uh yeah, at a certain point there is damage being done. Like I know mm-hmm. sick pay was couple workers and so on, which is god fucking awful. Mm-hmm. Haven't we said before, dude, that Jeff Bezos can buy Ireland? No, he can that... buy Ireland like what, twelve times over? We said we said something like we've talked about that. We we, we, we did the calculations <laughs> when we had a comedian on. And yeah, you, you can buy Ireland multiple, multiple times. Okay. Scary, scary stuff. Really yeah. scary. Yeah. Uh, I wonder how many states he can buy. Like, does he just want to like buy Wyoming one day and just fucking kick everyone off? And <laughs> I don't know. No, um, no, I think at a certain point you shouldn't be that rich. Like who needs multiple hundred billions? What are you doing with it? Yeah, they gotta, honestly, you need to be giving, like, to, like, huge extents, like, there's, what can you do with it? I suppose, rather than hold them at a, I know, you, you can't tax them more, but they're gonna move. I suppose if you, if you held them at, like, a higher regard as to what they had to do to be worthy of that, it might be a bit better, like, okay, Jeff Bezos, you have this much money, you should realistically be putting this amount into charities constantly. Or same with Bill Gates. Bill Gates did that, and he lost most of his money and he dropped off the well he, he was no longer the richest man in the world as a result over half of what he had he gave away and it keeps giving oh yeah he's is he, he, bill gates has a thing called the bill the gates promise where you promise to give away half of your your life your net half of your something half of your um your wealth and like before you die so a lot of people are assigned to that. I'm trying to think. Um, I think it's a great. Just, if you I think it's it, amazing. It's great to spread it. Yeah. No, yeah. Because you're you're helping people who are desperate like, for it, like you know. Yeah. Like, like get, imagine he dropped some money into your charity there. Holy fuck! What would that do for people? How would that change lives? You know. It would be. Yeah. Amazing. You know, I know, I know. He listens. Like, does he want to do that? Yeah, no, send the Bezos. They're big fans of the podcast. How you get on Bezos? I know I was shit talking you a second ago, but we just drop a bit, a couple quid there. Yeah, not there. Yeah, avid fans of the podcast. You then ever stop? That that is amazing what you're doing. Yeah, uh, I, I thought it was crazy what you were balancing when you were becoming an actor. Holy fuck! As an actor, as a, uh, as, as an actress, as a stunt woman, and 
So what's a philanthropist? Like an entrepreneur? A uh, philanthropist is just the person that gives back to the community, uh, right. you know, through raising money, putting on different charity events, that type of thing. So this stuff's like really important to you? Oh, yeah, it's extremely important. I mean, I grew up um, very like with a single parent mom that was a teenager when she had me and yeah. we had a lot of challenges and struggles along the way and you know she always pressed through but if it wasn't for organizations that stood up stepped in offered money resources to help us we wouldn't be where i'm at today i wouldn't be mm -hmm. here um so i'm sure you know, she's I'm super proud of you yeah yeah she is yeah because you know you, you're doing so fucking much like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> Thank you know you, you know you're, you're you're taking care of people who are in, who are in similar situations that you were in and, you know, you, you kind of go as an example as of coming out of it and coming out to your end. So, yeah, you know, it's, it's great to see. It's great to see. Um, yeah, I, I'm really passionate about charities. Um, uh, I, lo I love anyone who does anything for them. It's, it's absolutely amazing. I and love it. A bit of a dislike to people who kind of just avoid it because they don't get paid. Uh, I know, yeah. Yeah, I know comedians who it just ignored like kind of ignored it pushed to the side didn't want to do it at charity events because they're not getting paid yeah i have friends of mine that you know it's funny i reach out to them and i know they make hundreds like well not hundreds of millions but they they at least made over 10 million this year alone and i and i'm like you expect that they'll give right away you know um, I mean, yes, not a lot of friends. I only know a couple of people like that. But still, like, I, I messaged them. I was like, hey, we are close near our $30,000 go. Here goes a link. You want to sponsor a kid? It's $400 or sponsor half a kid or whatever. And it's interesting. Sometimes you get no response at all. And then you see them post something on social media. I'm like, hold up, time's out. Like, you're the same person that I hang out with that will order two, $300 worth of food on Postmates or order like a very expensive bottle of you know alcohol for 250 dollars or just all these things and i just think like man this is so interesting like people's priorities but everyone has their own i guess logic around giving and all that why do you think that is people who live that kind of lifestyle uh why would they why, why do you think they might avoid it I know. I know that one of them said uh they're always skeptical of nonprofits. they trust me but, and they want to give something, but they're usually skeptical of them. Of And I was like, well, just so you know, I don't get a dime of this. All the money I raise, I give. I don't keep any of it. I'm able to survive for the next 12 months if I want to on my own. I'm fine. Like, so I think that, and it's also, I think it's dependent on how they were raised. If they were raised to give and to pay, you know, um, tithes or something at church or to give back to the poor or the needy and those type of things because everybody's raised differently and that does shape the way that you become when you're an adult yeah yeah i suppose it's nature versus nurture and nurture is definitely big and like if, if you're gonna give yeah it, it's a weird one it's definitely a weird one you, even with it like is i try to understand it yeah um and i'm trying to understand it but it is going to be like it's funny my friend and i, I think we're going to hop on this thing called clubhouse later you guys know what clubhouse is no i'm not aware clubhouse is a new app it's not everywhere yet but it's going to be everywhere it's a new app that's very similar to like um 
live conferencing, live panels basically going on at all times, all different types of panels from how do you suck a person's toes to how do you read a hundred books in one day to how to grow your social media following. And all these people have different rooms and it's no video. It's all voice only. And it's all um, people can go up on stage and be in a panel and the moderator can invite more people on stage or people can raise their hand. They'll go on stage. So they have a question and want to share something they can, but it's all, um, such a big platform a lot of celebrities have been hopping on but it's invite only it's like you when you get on you get like one person you can invite after a person invited you and then as you grow more or if you're like super famous or something they'll give you maybe 10 20 invites they gave me 10 invites um and they went really quick because everybody was asking me to be on and i was like shoot but i want to help this person get on too you know so yeah uh i suppose you live somewhere that's pretty darn cool. You guys kind of got plenty. You, you guys got a fair bit. Uh, I know when Thomas steps out the door in the morning, all he sees is a field of cows. And uh, yeah, I live in the middle of nowhere. So oh, wow. we, we don't have that kind of stuff. Um, there's no Hollywood and the shticks, as we say. No Hollywood uh, and the shticks, you say. <laughs> I was trying to do your accent, but I couldn't. <laughs> Yeah, before the podcast started, you tried to... I'm, I'm really good, actually, at doing an Irish accent, but to this one commercial, but I can't think of the commercial right now. Like but you, whatever you work for the commercial, you did an Irish accent? Oh, no, no, no. This guy did on this commercial. Be, I'm sorry, that'd be a bit weird. <laughs> I'd be so interested. Yeah, that'd, that'd be interesting. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, I, think you, I think you said before the podcast started, you didn't actually realize that, it was an, that we were in Ireland until you heard me speak. Which makes me. Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know that at all. I knew it was the Irish podcast, but I was just always thinking like, oh, maybe they got some Irish in their blood. I didn't know you guys were yeah, actually. We, we have Irish in our blood. Certainly, <laughs> well, he was born in England, so he doesn't really count. Do you I know, I, I actually have some Irish in my blood too. Tell really? us all about it. Yeah, I think I got like two percent on my ancestry DNA. Ooh, there's no awesome. win for Ireland. There we go. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we had a guy on earlier. Uh, he he was so delighted that he was a quarter Irish. I'm so, oh, so, I'm so happy for him yeah I want to dress up in my outfit and do one of the dances <laughs> yeah rubber dancing yeah that Americans seem to have a, they just love the Irish it's like so if they find out they have any Irish in them it'll just make them like 10 times happier for the rest of their lives I know because they, the Irish people are considered to be very lucky are we <laughs> are we hold on now I mean we got, we got Carrie on the podcast that's pretty lucky so yeah there you go. There you go. I suppose we are lucky. Do you get asked to a lot of podcasts? Yeah, I do. Um, sorry, sorry to add to your place. Oh no, no, it's okay. At least we did it. Oh, no, it's, I wanted to do it for a while. I just been so stressed out and so busy. We can understand. And uh, <laughs> yeah, we're going I to college to... at the same time. Yeah, that's good. Well, sorry, good. sorry. You're, you're saying like you're, you're oh, super no. busy. Oh yeah, and I try to, my thing is like, people think that I'm on social media, but I try to post just to stay active because some days when I, when I go one or two weeks without posting, my engagement goes down. So I literally get on for like 10 minutes, I'll post, I'll put some stories or I'll be out and about story and then I would get off social media altogether and I go back to doing my work or I'll have like a system that would help me. But I feel like last week, for example, I had like 10 auditions for just TV film stuff that was between six to like 12 pages each script that I had to like audition for and put on camera 
And then I had probably another 10 voiceover auditions I needed to do. And then I also had my fundraising efforts with my nonprofit and I filmed last week twice. So it was a busy week, you know? So sometimes I think people, they think like, oh my God, I can't believe this girl posted this much or she did this and she didn't get back to us. We want to interview her. And it's not that I want to interview. I, I love media. I love supporting other creative people, putting out stuff. Sometimes I'm just like, oh my God, I feel like I'm going to crash. Like I'm at the crash. I'm like, you know, yeah. and I have my own like goals. I'm trying to get my black belt right now and just trying to stay in, in sane. Taekwondo? Yeah, Taekwondo, yeah. yeah. That's pretty damn cool. You just like, you just keep coming up like there's a, it's amazing. It's just like, oh, I'm doing this at the same time and this yeah, and it's, this. It's, how do you not experience any burnout? Yeah, like, like, what, what, how are you what, what keeps you, what keeps you motivated during the day then? Uh, that's a great question. I, I think I just continue to focus on the end goal. Like I continue to say like, I have a big ass series, regular audition, I mean, role that's coming that I'm about to be acting in and it's going to require my attention for five, six days a week of filming. And I'm going to have to one day carry an entire team because I'm going to be number one on the call sheet. And how do I manage like my stress that I have now and continue to go? And I think I focus on that goal. And then sometimes I do have to say, all right, Carrie, you got to take a break for 10 minutes and just breathe. Put your phone down, silence everything and just breathe and meditate and just let it go. And I also remember I, I'm like, um, I, I consider myself a Christian and I don't despise whatever religion anybody ever is. But I think that me having my faith and my spirituality is that I know that I'm not carrying everything I got on my own. So sometimes I'm like, God, you can have this. You can do it. I can't focus on that anymore right now. Yeah. And like, I'll just like put it on my list, you know? And I also have a team, my agents, my managers, all that. I'm not negotiating my own deals. Neither am I taking all my own calls. I, I'm like, yo, hit my manager up. If it's not like urgent, live or die at the moment, or it's not a best friend that I'm really just need to talk to really quick. I, yeah. I won't get back to people. And it's no no harm. I, I love people. I do. Sometimes I'll be like, shut up. I can't do it. I can't do it. Yeah, we know the story. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's tale as old as time. Uh, but do, do you reckon that, you know, in the industry you're in, that you need a manager? Do, do you think you actually need one or do you think you could manage by yourself? Oh, heck yeah. I need my manager. My manager is great. There's no way I get social media deals that come in that I like we either look at and we accept or we turn down and I need her second opinion about it because sometimes mm -hmm. I'm working on becoming more decisive but sometimes I'm not that decisive I'll be like I don't know should we do it should we not yes no she'll be like well the pros and cons and I'll be like nope we're not doing it or yes I want to do it and um and also she like responds to emails I get so many auditions sometimes she's like no let's just pass on this one's going to be a waste of time for you this is not the branding that we're looking for. This is not the lane that we're going down. And I need that second person. And because, like you said earlier, I'm balancing an array of things. Not only am I doing acting, I'm not doing stunts. I have my nonprofit. I also do, like, still appearances here or there for, like, my ultimate tag character. I'm just, like, and I'm trying to be my own self and, like, kill at these other auditions of other stuff that I'm doing. So yeah. I can lose sanity if I don't have that team. Well, I suppose it's a big work ethic. 
but also needs time to relax. Like you were saying, sometimes you need to like just breathe or meditate. Do you do breathing exercises? Yes, I need to do more breath work and stuff, but I do do breathing exercises. Yeah. I always just say, okay, because sometimes I, if I get really, really frustrated, I'll scream to the top of my lungs for like a minute and it's so unhealthy. Please don't do and, this, please. Oh, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> oh, God. And people will be like, what is wrong with you? And I'll be like, oh my God, what people is wrong with you? Taking off the earphones, like, oh, give it a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I've, I've definitely had those moments where, you know, you just want to scream, you know, let everything out. Yeah. It's not, it's not, there's other ways to deal with it, you know, like it's, it's, it's worse when he actually does it. It's god awful. Yeah, because I have, you know, I'll, I'll be there at three o'clock in the morning screaming the lungs in. I sure won't granny be asleep next door to me. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. I don't know where to go from that. I'm just, I'm kind of blank now. Uh, I, 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 I was just like ready to do like a bunch of questions about acting and then. Oh, so like, I found out about your nonprofit, and I'm like, well, holy fuck, that is yeah. so awesome. Thank you. Because like you. a lot of actors are very like me, 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 and then yeah. there's you. Everyone else, that's that's do that's do or balancing everything as well. Like, it's kind it's kind of like one of those people who balance plates or something. You got you got <laughs> a whole a whole bunch of them. Um, yeah, no, it, it's been, it's been crazy. Thank you. Yeah, um, but. In terms of going back to acting and stunt work and so on, which do you enjoy doing the most? Uh, that's, that's including voice acting. I love them all. It's so hard. I mean, I love acting. I love, love, love acting. I love doing stunts too. It's exciting. It's amazing when I can bring a live scene at the action and spice to it because without the action and the stunts in it, it's no movie. It's no mm. show. It's just like, it's like that. You know, it's like, yeah. uh, okay. But with the action, it's like, no, no, no like crazy you know and then voice acting is so much fun because i love animating kids voices i love playing i'm a cute little 12 year old or i'm like i'm a old granny oh joe please help me or i do the accents you know please help a tape please thank you or i i'm i'm playing whatever and i can do oh thank you so much okay but i can do it from the the closet or I can go into a studio. I can wear a sweatshirt. I don't have to wear makeup, you know? I don't have to do my hair and be like, oh my God, my hair is so loud today. Cause I feel like my hair is so loud cause it's growing. But- so It's actually pretty cool. I'm not, not gonna lie, that's pretty cool. Mm, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a big, big difference to um, your movie appearance with the, with the shaved head. That, what was that like when they told you you had to shave your head? Did that kind of oh, give you yeah. like a, a Britney moment or what was going on? It definitely was like a, what? Um, but I thankfully had a great mentor that was like, your hair's going to grow back. This opportunity might not come back. So mm -hmm. you better take it. And I was like, oh yeah, okay. And then it just made me like change the way I thought about things. I was like, and it's my, the way that I carry myself in the eyes of like self-image about hair, is that how you consider yourself beautiful or not? Like mm -hmm. it made me just re-identify a lot of things and made me a stronger person yeah yeah um, and it also ha helped me teach kids a bigger lesson you know so yeah, yeah it kind of removes the whole or it's kind of like tackling your ego like do i really need my hair to be my, my, my best self or someone mm. yeah, yeah. Well, right uh, and then i realized i didn't have a, I, I didn't have a big head all the kids used to call me big headed when i was in school 
you know, when I was like in middle school, I was like, my head wasn't even big at all. Like it was actually a pretty small, like, you know, well-rounded head. <laughs> kids are cruel. It's kids are cruel. Oh my God. Yeah. They're, they're terrible. I, me- I remember one, one thing from our, our school when we were in there, I, I, I tell you now, Irish kids are assholes. Um, oh no. We had this, this kid and he had a YouTube channel. But we, and the poor guy is bullied the bits about it in the first place, but he kept at it because he's like, eh, you know, I, I can get past these guys. Um, but in a final thing to break his will, what they did was there was an intercom in the gym. Okay, and the gym's a big, big fucking place. Uh, so what they did was they hooked up a little aux cord to a giant speaker in there and they played one of his YouTube videos at max volume in the gym. And this guy. Fair play to him. You know, he's probably five foot four and the guy who did it is six foot four. It's a big difference. And he yeah. hit the guy so fucking hard in the jaw that you could hear it over the, over the music or over the, the video. Wow. That, that was crazy. That, that was absolutely crazy. And it's the worst bit of bullying I've ever seen. And God. Hold up, the six four or the five four? The five four hit the six four, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. And the six four was the bully, right? Okay, good. He deserved that. Knock him out. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> definitely. That's so mean. 100%. It's People just so yeah, I no, wish it's... I need to meet him. I'm going to tear him up. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. A, as a result, there's now like a, a locked box over where the ox cord is. The only oh, teachers have a key to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, uh, man, I hate bullies. I hate people. I suppose you can have a bit of that in the acting industry as well. It's people who would be a bit bullyish, especially casting um, directors that don't like you. You could, but I don't, you know, I try to focus on the people that do like me. The bullies, I just stay away from them. I stay away from negative people and any of that. I believe that I set the tone to every room that I walk in. I believe that I present people the best attitude, the best version of me. And I expect them to do the same. I come to you right, I expect you to come right. And if you don't come right, that's fine. I don't have to do business with you. We don't have to partner teams. There's so many tables that are ready to be built and I can build my own or I can go to a table that wants me. And that's kind of my say, like, I'm just like, I'm not in the business of like hanging around people that don't want to see me win or don't want to support, you know, Mm. that I'm super supportive. I go 150%. So if you can't even give me 50 or 75%, we're good. Mm. and as an actress have you have been in situations like this where you know people are kind of looking for you to lose um you know I yeah for sure I think that in just my entertainment career in general there's definitely been some like haters along the way but the crazy things like I've been so so fucking positive and so just like focused like my vision is so focused that I ignore the noise I don't even know the noise happens until like a friend or an associate will come and be like yo, did you know so-and-so said this about you? And I'm like, they said what? And then I'll be like, yeah, why? I don't, that doesn't make any sense. I would never, I would never do that to them or never say anything. And, um, and I'll be like, damn, that's really fucked up. I really thought highly of this person. But I'll be like, I don't go to that person and be like, fuck you, motherfucker, suck my dick. I just be like, you know what? I don't got time. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I ain't got time. Yeah. Yeah. I just cut their asses off. And just keep it moving. Like it's not like you have time to think about other shit during the day. Like, not. go on. <laughs> I, 
I mean, literally, that's my whole thing is like the time that I'm spending thinking about somebody that I don't give a fucking damn or is trying to like not help me succeed is the time I could be spending on how I will succeed and all the great things I will do. 100%. Now, yeah, just before we end the podcast, because you're a busy woman, we get that. Oh, yeah, I got my call in three minutes. Sorry. I'd I'd actually love to hear about your experience working with Chadwick Boseman just because we're huge fans of him, you know, and it's such a shame. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I love Chadwick. I think he's absolutely an incredible person. Um, such a, a genuine heart. He works extremely hard at everything he does. He set a precedence to transform the way that people saw Black people on screen by the roles that he played from 42 to um, the recent movie where he was in the Vietnam War to the movie he has coming up with the as a blues singer uh, or blues character, I should say. And even with Black Panther, he changed the image on how Black people saw him. Um, he was an absolute joy to work with. He expected you to bring your game, not to play around, mm-hmm. but also to loosen up and have some fun. But when you step on and it's film, it's all like you're in character, you're there. He also focused, um, he stressed heavily people being disciplined. And even with myself, he told me to be disciplined, to let people know like, my only credit does not need to just be Black Panther. Make sure people know me for more than that. And um, those type of things. And I love mm. him. I miss him. It's sad to see him go. It was unexpected. Um, and he's a great mm. guy. He's a great guy. Yeah. And, you know, he left big boots to fill. You know, he's such a... Well, I don't know if anyone can ever fill them. Like, what, what a guy. Um, like, when he passed away, people were in utter shock. Un- unreal. Um, yeah. what a legend may he rest in peace yeah, and yeah. yeah it's great you see it as like a form of motivation or I don't know how to say it yeah uh, motivation, inspiration it. yeah inspiration, like a, a legacy that he left for people to live off of yeah yeah what a guy but um, yeah actually what you're saying there for people to know you for more than just Black Panther you know we, we, we know you for more than just that but, you know, if we did this whole thing of going to your IMDb one by one by one, one hell of an interview that would be, you know? Yeah, a lot of stories. You've done, like, you've done a lot of stuff. And I'm sure there's some stuff that isn't even on the IMDb. Yeah, some stuff that's not on there yet. It's a lot of great things. Um, anyway, Carrie, thank yeah, you so got, much for coming on. This, yeah, this has been, this has been so much. amazing. It's been amazing talking to you. You're such a it's positive. Like, what is the, the show's Irish podcast or what is it called? Remind me really quick. The, the Awfully, Awfully Irish, Irish podcast. podcast. The Awfully Irish. Okay, I want to say I'll drop a tag. You guys just tuned into the Awfully Irish podcast, and you're with Carrie Bernans and Thomas and Gerard. Jared, Jared, Gerard. All right, and we're going to say peace out. You guys have a blessed day. It was so nice to meet you. Love you both, and I hope to be in Ireland one day, and we can do a cool Irish dance. Okay, however it goes. There you go. So uh, thanks so much for watching. Yeah, thanks so much, This has been great. Awesome. All right. Thanks everyone who listened or watched. Take it handy.